1: Welcome into Blue Jays Nation Radio, episode 141. I am the host today because Tyler yet again is on the road, enjoying—maybe not necessarily enjoying—playoff hockey. The uh, he's in Vegas right now with two other guys we work with, and the Edmonton Oilers are down one nothing in that series. But this is a Toronto Blue Jays podcast, that doesn't matter. So, me, Cam Lewis, I'm hosting. We've got Zach Lang, he's doing some analysis, and we've got Gavin, the producer, formerly Gavin, the
0: intern who used to play high level baseball. I did. I did. Yeah. This is my first year not in baseball for like 13 years. So it's a bit it's a bit different for me, but I'm enjoying the new things coming on. So absolutely loving it. Imp- and important also to note about Gavin before we get into this is he's a fan
1: of the New York Yankees. I knew you were going to bring that up right away. I knew it. I knew it. Sorry, I have, listeners. I have to preface that at the beginning of the podcast, because if I toss him over a question and I'm asking how a player does, then we know that since he's a Yankees fan, he's not going to be objective. He's just going to be critical. Exactly. I'm going to be giving you my unbiased opinion here, Coombs. So being a Yankees fan, um, watching the Jays play Boston, how do you feel about
0: it? You're a Jays fan as well, right? Yeah, like, of course, like I have a lot, a lot of buddies that are Jays fans. so I still follow them a little bit. Right. But yeah, like Red Sox are definitely my most hated team in the MLB. So obviously I was pulling for the Jays a little bit in this last series.
1: Yeah, that was um, really unfortunate. So the Jays go into Fenway and last year they kicked the shit out of the Red Sox all year. They went 16-3, 16-3, and I think it was, against the Sox. That was a huge reason why the Jays had the record they did at the end of the year. So then they go into Boston. They're rolling this year, and Boston wins all four games. So in, in a matter of one series, the Red Sox have gone and put together more wins against the Blue Jays than the entirety of last year. Zach, what do you think about the vibes from that series? What did you see from the Blue Jays? Where did the team that went
2: 18-10 and in April grow?
1: Who, who was this team that showed up at Fenway?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Coombs. Like, it's honestly a very frustrating series to watch. And I mean, you know, there was that one, the, the game one there where, you know, Brios had a bit of a, a, a shaky start and managed to settle things down a little bit. And, you know, I kind of hoped that at some point they were going to be able to turn it around in this series. Like you'd watch every game and then it would just be like, OK, yeah, but the next game they can turn it around, hopefully. Um, it was a frustrating series to watch. And I mean, this AL East is so stacked right now, um, you know, four games right there for the Boston Red Sox that gets them right back up in the mix in um, this incredibly competitive division right now. Like I just, I can't get over how tight it is right now. You know, all five teams are over 500 right now in the division. And that's just insane to
1: me. Yeah. So how we, what, we, what we've gotten now in the AL East from the top the Tampa Bay Rays, after pulling up a sweep of the Pittsburgh pirates are 26 and six. So the Yankees had their historic start last year. Tampa's out and going, you know what? Let's one up that. And then the Baltimore Orioles, of course, 21 and 10, Boston with their sweep of Toronto, now 19 and 14. Toronto is now down to 18 and 14. Doesn't look bad. I think if you had told me at the beginning of the season, this is where they'd be like a week into May, we'd be fine with it. But given the context and given how well April had gone, this is kind of, you know, a little bit disappointing. And then New York, Gavin's team down there at 17 and 15. So let's go through three ups, three downs. And since the Jays got their asses handed to them. It's not going to be three ups and three downs. It's going to be a whole bunch of downs. And then I think I've scrounged up like one positive from the series. One to good talk about. Coming. One. Yeah, like one one nice thing that that we can have after and be like, oh, you know what? Here's something positive that we can carry into the next series, because that all in all was really ugly. So game one, my first down is. Not pulling Jose Barrios when it became very clear that he was going to get lit up. So his pitching line, all told, he goes five and one third. It's 11 hits, two walks, strikes out four guys. He had a hard time in the first inning, but then he kind of settles down a little bit after that. And then he comes out for the sixth. So he gets through five innings, not that bad. Jaron Duran then hits a leadoff home run in the sixth inning. And then it becomes very clear that Jose Barrios has lost it. And the Red Sox very much so No. What he's throwing and they keep him in and he allows another home run to Emmanuel Valdez, the first home run of his career. And then finally, Jose Barrios comes out of the game. The Blue Jays pull off a comeback, but then Jordan Romano allows a walk off home run in the bottom of the ninth. What do you think, Zach, about the, I guess, strategy by John Schneider there to try and get more innings out of Jose Barrios? He had been pitching well, to be fair. We've all been saying, hey, Jose Brios revenge to her. He's back. Was it the right move to continue letting him pitch or should he have come out of that game earlier?
2: Yeah. I think that's a spot where, you know, you could have definitely pulled him out of that game a little bit earlier. Right. Um, you know, we've seen this a little bit this year where, you know, and last year in the same breath too, where, you know, you kind of wonder about John Schneider's bullpen management, right. Um, you know, is he utilizing the rice, right guys at certain times? And, you know, Brios is a guy who's been, you know, up and down in the last couple of seasons since he really joined the blue Jays. Right. Uh, you know, he's been a pretty streaky player for this team and yeah, it really felt like that was kind of a spot where I was kind of like, okay, you could have probably sat him down and just said, okay, Jose, you know, take a deep breath. Uh, you know, you'll get it back out there, you know, for your next start. But, you know, we got to go with something different here right now. Yeah, that's the thing
1: is, I mean, it's it's easy to second guess when you're looking back in hindsight. But like I said before, Jose Barrios had really been cruising. He looked much kind of like the Jose Barrios that the Blue Jays acquired from the Minnesota Twins a few years ago. He had in the Chicago White Sox series a seven inning start in which he doesn't allow a run, only allows four hits. And then against Houston, he had that really weird start. They wound up losing eight to one with the meltdown. He goes seven innings, only allows two earned runs. They, the, both those runs came in the same it was pretty much the same situation so I mean I don't know given the way the bullpen's been going recently it seems like they've been pitching a lot they haven't really been getting the job done maybe it makes some sense to try and get six out of Barrios but alas that one blew up on them and they lost game one and they come into game two and it's Yusei Kikuchi pitching and again another guy who Yusei Kikuchi revenge to her he had put together quite a few quality starts or uh, some pretty solid starts in a row but then comes into Boston and gets Pretty much lit up. He goes four and one thirds allows nine hits, doesn't walk a guy, allows five runs, both earned. Two of those come on home runs and he only strikes out two guys. What do we see from Yusei Kikuchi in this start? What felt different? Was it just the reality that the Boston Red Sox offer a deeper lineup or is or maybe should we pump the brakes on the success of the Yusei Kikuchi revenge tour? What do you think?
2: I don't know. I think I'm a little bit in the middle. I think, you know, Kikuchi, we all know the struggles that he had last season, right in his first season with the Blue Jays. And I've been a a big proponent of the Yusei Kikuchi revenge tour this year. So I'm not going to say that it's over in any sense of the term right now. Um, You know, these sort of starts happen for every pitcher, though, like, you know, every pitcher in the majors is going to go out there and have a stinker every once in a while. Uh, So I still think that the Kikuchi revenge tour is still full steam ahead. You know, I still think he's looked really strong this season and in the same breath, too, like you almost wonder if there was like a little bit of a bad vibe hangover from like uh, from that game one as well. Right. Like that was a really disappointing way to kind of lose that game. So you kind of wonder if some of that carried over.
1: Yeah. When you look at you say Kikuchi this year, it's been six starts. His ERA is now at 4.02. The FIP fielding independent pitching's a little bit higher, so he might be overachieving a bit. But at the end of the day, he's gone out and made six starts, and the Blue Jays have won five of those. This 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 one in, in Boston was the first one that Kikuchi started that they had lost. So, I mean, I, I I mean if, if he can go the entire season winning five out of the Jays, winning five out of six of his starts. I think everyone's really happy. Anyways, we go into game three now, and this was maybe the the one that I think most people probably had circled on their calendars for this series. It was Alec Manoa going up against the Red Sox with Alex Verdugo for the first time since he made those comments about Alec Manoa and Manoa pitched quite well in this game, but uh, in the middle of his start, when he was cruising, he gets drilled by a 110 mile an hour line drive right to his knee. And then after that, things sort of came unglued. This looked like a game the Jays could win when he was cruising. But Manoa then pretty much just kind of lost it. What did you see from Alec Manoa in that start? Is there cause for concern? Is this fine? Is it? Are we blaming it on him getting drilled in the knee with the ball? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's probably got to do with that getting hit in the knee, right? I mean, that's a that's a hard shot for anybody to take uh, right off the knee the way Manoa did. You know, he's had his struggles this season, too, right? He's kind of a guy who, you know, in the last couple of years, he's been so strong for this Blue Jays team. And, you know, now it feels like now that he's into his third, you know, full season in the majors here or second full season, third full third season, third full season, that's yeah, right. Um, you know, it kind of feels like he's kind of struggling a little bit to kind of find his game this year, right? I mean, I think everybody needs to pump the brakes in general when it comes to Alec Manoa. I mean, let's let's remember that this is a guy still only 25 years old, right? So he's still really young, really early in his MLB career here. I'm sure he'll find his game at some point. But yeah, that was a really frustrating game to watch too.
1: Yeah, pitch clock too for Alec Manoa. I wonder if he's struggling with that. I remember reading something on Twitter where somebody pointed out that oftentimes he it wasn't... Between Between Every pitch he was taking forever. He's not, you know, one of those slow moving methodical pitchers. He moves at a reasonable pace, but there was instances in the past where Alec Manoa would have a chance to maybe take a step back, take a breath, go and walk around the mound, collect himself, compose himself before a big moment. And now it feels like he's kind of rushing into stuff and he's not necessarily thinking through his pitches enough and it seems like he's trying a little bit too hard. And I wonder if that has something to do with the pitch clock. But it's also important to note in this game that the Blue Jays made four errors in the outfield. So, I mean, if you're Alec Manoa, you get drilled by the comeback or your fielders are doing nothing behind you. The reality is things aren't going to go well. So Boston wins the first three games of the series. Toronto then goes into game four. And we're all thinking, OK, like they'll. Probably avoid the sweep here because Kevin Gosman's pitching. You know, worst case scenario here: Gosman tosses a gem and the Jays get shut out two to two, nothing, one nothing, or something. And then I don't know what happened. Kevin Gosman comes out three and a third innings, eight earned runs on ten hits and a walk, only strikes out four, allows a bomb. Uh, Gavin, I'm going to toss this one to you. What happened with Kevin Gosman? I mean, it. it, This is the second time in a few starts here because there was also Houston he got lit up. Evan Gosman,
0: look, we're talking last time, looks like an AL Cy Young candidate. What went wrong? I just think pitch count is the biggest thing here, Cam. Like obviously throwing 88 pitches through three and one thirds obviously is not ideal because what that does is that allows the Boston Red Sox players to come up and see abundance of pitches. They kind of know what's coming, right? They get their timing down when they're seeing that many pitches in a a game in a short period of time. They go up there, their timing's all set, and they're ready just to smash anything that kind of comes their way. So obviously the pitch count was a big one. And in three of the four innings he started to, he either allowed the leadoff guy or the second guy on base. So he was kind of fighting it throughout his entire start.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any major reason to be worried about Kevin no. Gosman. But he did come out after the game and say that he's having a bit of a struggle. It's been a bit of a grind where he's um, when when he when he sorry, I'm just losing my words here right now. Um, Every second start that he makes, he feels like it's a grind for him. Mm. It feels like there's something physical. You think that has to do with pitch count workload? Is this for a situation for the Blue Jays? Like, how do you get around this? Do they have to maybe consider operating with a six
0: man rotation for a few times around? What do you think? Yeah. Like I wouldn't really go the six man rotation route. I just, I just think it's one of those things for Gosman. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Cause like looking at stat line, there's no one between, he's not just giving up maybe two or three earned runs a game. It's either eight, seven or just <laughs> flat out zero. Yeah. Right. So that's the thing for Gosman. I guess the only thing is that kind of limit the best, the best that he can, cause you limit those eight earned runs obviously to three or four, you're still in that ball game. Right. So you got to find that kind of in between and just kind of grind it out, so to speak.
1: Yeah, it's a shocking thing because, I mean, you see his start he had against New York in April. It was seven innings, only three hits, the 11 strikeouts. And I remember his, that start. Yeah, sure. you remember <laughs> that one. And then against the Mariners, it was, there's an argument to be made. It was the best start he's ever. He's. It's probably the best start he's made as a Blue Jay. I'm Maybe the best case. Yeah, he's probably best near his career high. Yeah, that was his career high. So there's a, there's a, there's an argument to be made. Um, That was the best start of his career. So yeah, that was another unfortunate game for the Jays when Gosman gets lit up. The bats aren't going to compensate. Zach, you found an interesting. Stat about the Blue Jays starters on Twitter. Do you want to want to talk about that one?
2: Yeah, I do. It was by uh, Chris Black of sports. actually, he just listed some numbers for uh, the Jays starters as of late. And I think this kind of really just goes to show what this entire series was about. Right. Everybody that started for the Jays in this series really struggled uh, in the. For the Jays starters in their last five starts, they have a 9.39 ERA, a 2.09 whip and 4.2 innings per start. And the Jays are 0 and 5 over that stretch. And in their previous 10 starts, they were absolutely electric. A 0.98 ERA, 0.82 whip, 6.1 innings pitched per start and an 8 and 2 record. So the, reels, the wheels really fell off here for the starters. It's stunning to see that amount of turnaround. And
1: I, I really wonder... Um for, from the perspective of the Red Sox, I feel like they got embarrassed so badly by the Blue Jays last year. And you could you could tell there was some animosity. I mean, um, I, I mentioned it in the in the third point with the Manoa game. There's um Alex Verdugo talking, talking some smack about Manoa in the offseason. Then he walks back the comments and says, I wish I hadn't said that in a podcast. I'll talk to him. Everything seems like it's fine, whatever. But when a player like that makes a comment. Like that on a podcast, you can kind of tell that there's a lot of uh, there's some bad vibes there. So it's not surprising that the Red Sox had this one circled on their calendars and they were like, this is one we have to win. This is one we have to come out and kill it. And I mean, to Boston's credit, they're a, they're a fine team. They're you know, they're they'll probably be in the mix for a playoff spot this year, probably a wild card spot. They have a very strong lineup. It's the pitching that's kind of their weakness. And that's baseball. Right, Gavin, you know, baseball um, pitchers can be killing it one day and then struggle the next. Do you, do you have any worries about Toronto's rotation or do you think it's been still largely positive this year?
0: Definitely positive, definitely positive. Like you mentioned Kaguchi early on in the podcast. Obviously, he's having a huge bounce back here, which is huge for the Blue Jays. So if he figures it out, Gosman kind of steps up a little bit and kind of finds that in-between that I was just kind of mentioning. I think the Blue Jays are in a good spot going forward. So other news, and <laughs> I mean, actually, no, I should get to my one up here. The only up that
1: I had from this series is that Dalton Varsho came to life. He went six for fifteen in the Boston series and hit two home runs. Is this a good sign that Dalton Varsho is turning it around as he found his stroke at the plate, or is this just Boston's pitchers are bad and it's a good hitter's ballpark?
2: Well, I mean, I I hope it's Varsho turning it around a little bit, right? You know, the Jays brought him in to be that big lefty bad in the massive uh, Gabby Moreno deal, right? And I think Varsho's done a lot of really good things this year. But again, you know, we're still really early on in the season here. You know, we're only 32 games into the year. You know, you got 130 left on the season. There's a lot of ground left uh, for him to continue to make things up. As you know what, Coomzy? I'm actually going to come in with my own one up here as well. I actually was really impressed with Vladdy Guerrero's performance this weekend, too. Uh, or sorry, this week. Right. He went seven for 18 and had those two monster home runs. Yeah. One was 450 feet, another 441. Uh, it was really nice to see him kind of really connect on a couple of these deep balls and send them over the green wall.
1: Yeah, that one that he launched, was it in the first game? Or the second game, the one that he launched it and it went all the way out of the stadium. Yeah, I was like. uh,
2: sorry. It was in the third game, actually. Was it? Yeah, I was in the third Jeez, game. Jeez, man. Yeah, I know. This entire that, like week was just a fever yeah, dream. I think that all melded together and kind of felt like one
1: game where the entire time they were just blowing a lead perpetually yeah. for the span of like four days. So yeah, that sucked. It's a good thing that <laughs> the series in Boston's over. Before we get into our up next segment, we have a few other. Notes from the Blue Jays. Ricky Tatum in the team's top prospect was making a start on Thursday night in double A. So everybody was excited. Okay, the Blue Jays are doing poorly, but the top pitching prospect is pitching, so we can get excited about that. And he pulled himself with what appears to be some kind of injury. We don't really have much of an update on that just yet. And in other news, it appears that Zach Pop is headed to the injured list and Jay Jackson who was a star for the blue Jays in spring training and earned a contract after pitching incredibly well in grapefruit ball is going to be coming up in his absence. It's probably a good thing for the Jays to get some fresh arms in their bullpen because that was a grind that was uh, a lot of innings for the bullpen to pitch they didn't look particularly good so fresh arm Zach you have any thoughts about Jay Jackson anything anything to say here
2: well it'll be interesting to see the way he can kind of step in and perform right as you kind of mentioned you know he's a guy who showed really well uh, you know in spring training this year he is 35 years old so he is getting up there right uh, you know in triple A ball this year in uh, for the Jays minor league team he's thrown 10.2 innings pitch with a 5.91 ERA and a 1.5 whip so his number haven't been tremendous in any sense of the term right now. Um, But again, you know what? Hopefully he can step in and just, you know, like you said, be a be a fresh arm here and then maybe uh, give a couple of these other guys a little bit of a break.
1: Yeah, you'd love to see this guy do well. He's got a pretty interesting story. He was drafted by the Chicago Cubs in the ninth round of the 2008 MLB draft. He doesn't make his big league debut until 2015 with the San Diego Padres, all told. Uh, across the Padres, the Milwaukee Brewers, San Francisco Giants, and Atlanta Braves. He's pitched 57 and two-thirds innings in the major leagues, and he has been riding the bus and grinding in the minors forever. Like you said, 35-year-old dude. So if he can come up and get the job done and stick, that'd be a cool thing because the most innings he's thrown in a season is 30 and one-third with Milwaukee in 2019. So Jay Jackson, we're rooting for you. It's also always cool when the Blue Jays have a player on the team named Jay I think this is the first time it's happened. No time in my memory can I remember there being a Blue Jay named Jay, but I do remember there was always rumors that they were going to acquire Jay Bruce during the offseason. Jay Bruce was a Yankee, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. I I might misremember. Okay, yeah, yeah, he
0: was was 100%.
1: Was he good? Was he any good?
0: No. (laughs) 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 Huge disappointment for us, but it was Jay, so so it's cool. What other J's were there? There's
1: Jason Worth, J Bell, J Bruce, John J. That would have been another interesting one. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's never happened, but I also started watching baseball in the mid-2000s, so that could be very wrong if anyone's listening to this and they want to point out a different Blue JJ other than Jay Jackson, let me know. Yeah, I gave it a quick Google. I can't find a single one. No, I was, yeah, I was on baseball reference typing in J, seeing if any of these names came up that I recognize, and I'm like, I don't know who any of these players are. Anyways. Let's set up the next series, which is a three game set in Pittsburgh against the surprisingly good Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't think anyone thought a week into May the Pirates were going to be 20 and 12. And that comes on the heels of them getting sweeped by the Rays. They've lost four games in a row. They're on a losing streak just like the Jays at one point. Pittsburgh was 20 and eight. Zach, what are the Pirates doing well this year? Where did this come from?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, honestly. Last year, you can kind of feel towards the end of the year. It felt like they were heating up. And man, they're just off to a great tear to start this season here, right? It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in this series, right? Two teams that are going to be coming out desperate for a win here tonight. Um, You know, it's it's really going to be a fascinating watch. You got Chris Bassett on the mound for the Jays. Rich Hill, the lefty for the Pirates. Um, You know, two guys here who have kind of struggled at times this season as well, right? Chris Bassett. You know, he's still kind of trying to find his way here in Toronto and, um, you know, how to use the pitch clock just like every other pitcher is right now. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a fascinating series to watch here. Yeah. So first game you
1: have Chris Bassett versus Rich Hill, whose nickname during the player weekend was Dick Mountain, which I always thought was hilarious. In the second game, you have Jose Barrios looking to bounce back after a rough start. He's going up against Johan Oviedo, who has a... 4.78 ERA on the season. And then in the final game, it'll be you Kikuchi versus Ronze Contreras who has a 4.09 ERA on the season. Yeah. I'll be honest with you guys. I I don't really know where this came from, from the pirates. Um, it always kind of just felt like they were in this perpetual, never ending rebuild. And then when they did try to make a trade to make themselves competitive, they got completely hosed by the Tampa Bay rays and that Chris Archer deal. Where who did they wind up sending back? Do you remember? It's um, I know Shane Boz was one of them. I want to say Tyler Glasnow, I think, was the other pitcher. And then maybe Austin Meadows. I think those were the three players who went back for Archer who only wound up pitching, you know, a handful of effective starts as a member of the Pirates. Um, Yeah, they haven't been in the playoffs in. Pretty much forever. I think, yeah, their last playoff appearance was 2015. They lost in the wild card game, they lost in the wild card game the year before that as well. And they lost in the division series in 2013. So honestly, nothing bad to say about the pirates, to be totally honest with you. They're a team you can you can root for them from a distance. They have a beautiful ballpark. That's definitely a place where I would love to go. You see that yellow bridge in the background looks gorgeous. That would be right up there at the top of my list. But yeah, not much really to say about the Pirates, Gavin. Do you have any thoughts?
0: No, like I was just kind of looking at their team stats throughout the year and they're they're top. They're like they're near the top of the league in every like huge category. Runs they're in the top ten, hits top fifteen, average top fifteen, OBP top ten. So everything. They're really consistent around the board. So obviously that's kind of contributed to their success and credit to the Pirates. Like you said, like they haven't had a lot of success as a team throughout the last number of years. So it's kind of cool to see, but hopefully obviously the Jays kind of take it to them this next upcoming series here.
1: Yeah. We could really use a nice turnaround here. The Jays right now are in kind of a difficult stretch of their schedule. They're going to play Pittsburgh here on the road, and then they're going to go play two against the Phillies, who were, of course, uh, in the World Series last year. They won the National League. And then it's back home. They're going to be facing the Atlanta Braves, who yet again are among the best teams in the National League, arguably the best team in the National League, I'd say. And then, Gavin, things get a little bit easier here in mid-May when they host the uh, basement-feeding New York Yankees.
0: Basement-feeding, basement basement right, yeah.
1: That's actually let's let's since you're here now, let's touch on New York and what's going on with their season, because I don't think I don't know if I had told you a month ago that they'd be 17 and 15 after, you know, a little more than a month, a month and a half ish. You'd probably be like, oh, that's not good. So what's up with New York this year? What's been happening with them? Because they did. they, They slowed down down the stretch last year. There was the huge start and then
0: it was 500 ish from what, like June, July on. So what's going on? Yeah. Like the only player that's actually been playing well is Garrett Cole. Everyone else has kind of been a passenger and kind of adding to that fact is like, it seems like our entire team is on the injured list as well. Yeah. Obviously Aaron judge, we got Stanton there. So obviously two huge names on the injured list. So obviously that isn't helping one bit whatsoever. So the injury bug caught us and honestly, we're just not playing good baseball right now. Do you feel like it's going to turn around or do you feel like they're going to finish fifth in the American league East? I definitely don't think we win the AL East. I just don't think we have the rotation to do it this year. Um, I'm hoping we push for a wild card spot, but I—if I made a prediction right now—I think we finished third in the AL East. Interesting. What do you think the order is going to be? I think it's going to go Rays, Jays, Orioles. Sorry, Yankees, Orioles, Red Sox. Interesting.
1: Interesting. Zach, what do you think? Now that now that we've seen a little more than a month of ball, how do you feel like the AL
2: East is going to shake out? Can anybody catch Tampa or I mean, do they have it wrapped up? I, mean, <laughs> I think that's the big question. They right? haven't let I up one really. bit,
0: which has been weird, man.
2: I know. Like even when the Jays kind of won those won a game or two against them earlier on in the season, you're like, oh, wow. This team can actually lose a baseball game. It feels like it just came out of nowhere that the Rays are so good too. like, you mm-hmm. know, they've been a solid team. It feels like for the last couple of seasons, but my God, an 813 you know points percentage right now their run differentials plus 114 like that's just absolutely absurd I don't know if anybody's gonna be able to catch them uh, it's gonna take Tampa Bay maybe the injury bug hits them or something like that and you know they fall back a little bit I'm also surprised by how good Baltimore has been this year yeah. as well I mean like yeah. where the hell did this come from to 21 and 10 you know record um, it's gonna be fascinating to see the way this all plays out here because like in one sense of the term almost every team in the L East should be theoretically Yep. a playoff team this season, but it's not going to shake out that way.
1: No, it definitely looks like it. And uh, yeah, that's that's the reality. It feels like almost every podcast now. We just a couple of weeks ago, BK was ranting about the ALEs. Tyler was ranting about it recently. I've been ranting about it. It's like the theme in every single podcast. Like this has got to be I mean, you know, things can cool down, but this has got to be the strongest a division's ever been in baseball. Right. I can't think of a time where there was. <laughs> five playoff caliber teams in one division. That's absolutely nuts. Anyways, guys, is there anything else that we should touch on? Anything else you guys want to chat about? Baseball related, sports related, life related, anything going on? Anything interesting?
2: You know what? I'm just happy that it's getting warm outside. You know, we were out here in Edmonton yesterday. It was like plus 30 degrees. We're finally cooking. Um, you know, for me, I'm excited to get and watch some Edmonton Riverhawks this year. Uh, you know, watch some of the, the games here. So yeah, no, just happy about the weather finally turning it around. Yeah. Riverhawks is a big
0: one for me too, Zach. Um, if anyone's here in Edmonton, haven't checked out a game, you got to go check it out. It's an incredible atmosphere there. And I actually know some guys that actually play on that team. So it's always fun kind of seeing guys I used to play with or against kind of playing with the Riverhawks there. So yeah, Riverhawks is a great time here in Edmonton. Sweet. Thanks for
1: listening. We will be back on Monday. Tyler should be back by then. I'm not sure. Maybe he'll just stay in Vegas. You never know. You know? Yeah, depends how he does at the blackjack table. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for listening and best wishes. See you next week.
3: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.